You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Welcome on into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. But Brian, I think folks know what we do here on Tuesdays. It's time to hear from the head coach himself. That's what we do on Tuesdays. We leave the uh, the mics open for Kyle Whittingham, and he goes in on the microphones uh, with hot takes and no, 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 just updates and, and coach speak. But there's always a little bit to learn from things that Whittingham has to say. Didn't seem like there were going to be any season-ending in- injuries this week. That's a good sign, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're nervous about what's going to happen at the running back position. Yeah, so we'll let you hear from Coach Whittingham. We also need to do an update on what's going on in the NFL draft. Uh, Devin Lloyd continuing to move up draft boards. We'll let you know where he checks in uh, as of the latest in a new mock draft release just recently. So we'll touch on all of that ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you by our title sponsor. That is our good friends over at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for October 26th, 2021. Once again, you are Locked On Utes. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. As we said on Twitter, by the way, and my name's Jay Catch, if you didn't know that already. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brian Brown. And Brian, we had our biggest week ever. Is that what we learned this past week with regards to the podcast? I'm not here to interpret the numbers. I'm just here to pass along the information, Jake. And according to the big man in charge, it was the best week in the history of Locked On Utes. Not surprising, Utes coming off two big victories and and the team was rolling. And, you know, of course, uh, more than anything, people were probably tuning in to see if you're going to show up. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's, that's the reason why they're, they're, they're tuning in. Yeah, that's the reason. Anyways, thank All you. credit goes out to Dustin Newman and Cole Bagley because clearly oh, yeah. those two adding to the mix has been a good, good, good uh, move on our, on our part. We'll take all the credit for that. The cast of characters who have joined the podcast recently have all been phenomenal. So thank you to all of them. And, of course, we're going to continue to keep that rolling. You'll hear from other Ute fans, media members, all the like they'll be on this show we love having them on and having them as i guess we call them guest hosts from time to time here so we'll have that for you guys but brian it's tuesday it is time to hear from the head coach himself so without further ado let's let you hear from kyle whittingham coming off a physical game at oregon state um i thought our offense played well we did some good things offensively a lot of good things offensively uh over 450 yards total low didn't turn the ball over uh you know, very productive. A lot of first downs, 28 first downs. One thing we didn't do well in offense was red zone production. Got in the red zone eight times and only came in with four touchdowns, which is uh, need two more. You know, if we can get six out of eight, then that's a really good percentage. But four out of eight uh, was really, that was really our demise. On offense was the, was the red zone uh, touchdown uh, percentage. Um, defensively, didn't play well at all. 
soft in the run game. Uh, they rushed for 260 yards, over six yards of carry, which we knew going in that if that was, uh, and that has, been, that has been Oregon State's MO all year long, and we knew going in that if, if they were able to do uh, what they usually do, it wasn't going to be a, a good situation for us, and they did exactly that. They, they ran the football uh, very effectively. Uh, not a lot of throwing yards, enough, uh, a couple hundred, but uh, we just uh, weren't our usual selves on on uh, defense, and that's you know it was early in the year we had that same issue, then it went away, and and uh, as far as our run defense, and it showed back up on uh, on Saturday. So so we sit uh, still in pretty good position in the Pac-12 South. You know, it's still anybody's, uh, well not anybody's, but there's uh, you know three teams really. Uh, vying for it right now for the title and uh, still not quite to the halfway point at least we're not four games down five to go in conference play but a uh, big one this week as they all are against UCLA um, they're running the football well you know in addition you know second only to Oregon State in the uh, conference as far as uh, rushing production they're playing the run extremely tough their their defense allowing less than 100 yards a game rushing which uh, is leading the league and so they've got uh, dynamic players the quarterback is a dynamic player he's talented uh, two good running backs and when the, the way the quarterback runs the ball they got three really good runners um, receiver uh, the Phillips kids a, a great player uh, like I mentioned defensively they're they're pretty stingy against the run uh, scoring 33 points or thereabouts uh, a game offensively, so very productive. They're a good team, and, and uh, uh, Chip is always hard to defend. He's going to have uh, you know some things you haven't seen every single week. He's got uh, things that uh, that you haven't practiced and, and that you got to be able to adjust to during the course of the game. And and uh, so we got a got a challenge ahead of us. Uh, we're at home, which is a positive. Back home in Rice Eccles. And uh, I think it's going to be a late kickoff. Has that been announced yet for sure? Yes, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. So there you go. Another late kickoff. So should be a great crowd and another great environment. So questions? Uh, you, you, you've always been pretty stout on the run defense and different things that way. Where, where do you kind of assess that to right now? I mean, obviously Devin was taking out the game late, but where is kind of some of that? Starting three freshman D, D linemen. Is, uh, <laughs> you never make excuses because if you're out there, you got to perform. But we're just not quite where we need to be up front yet. Uh, and uh, we've had flashes during the course of the year, but uh, not quite enough consistency. And, uh, you know, when we lost Devin, that was, that was obviously a blow. But we had been soft before he was gone. So it wasn't, uh, that wasn't the, uh, the key to the whole thing. But we certainly missed him when he got, got ejected. Yeah, I think one time, one of the times we should have run the ball uh, more, I think was the time when we're heading, as we look at it, to our left, you know, in the left left uh, end zone. But, uh, you know, you can always question the calls. If they work, they're great calls. If they don't, you know, you question them. But but uh, I would like to see a little more physicality to answer your question in the in the, inside the five in the red zone. David, you had some to presumably see the film. Do you still think that the Devin Lloyd targeting should not have been? Correct. I don't think it should be called. I do not think it should be called, my my estimation. and and uh, But I'm not the one that counts. So it was called, and and uh, so we've got to live with it. UCLA may or may not have DTR playing on Saturday. I mean, he's got it banked up in that Oregon game. He'll play. He's a tough kid. <laughs> he'll, he'll be there. 
Yeah, I'd be shocked if he's not there. But how do you, how do you prepare for somebody like him, knowing that you, you've seen dynamic running mm -hmm. quarterbacks, but you know he's obviously given fits to a lot of different He has, a lot like uh, the Arizona State quarterback. It'll be very similar to what he brings to the table. And uh, you know, we've seen him, this is the third time we've seen him, I guess, uh, through the years. But uh, he is uh, lightning quick. And like I said, he's like another running back on the field, essentially. It's a little more diverse. Oregon State just hammers you with his own and the stretch. And they do it over and over. And they do it as good as anybody in the country. And uh, their blocking combinations, their, their footwork with their O-line, their aiming points, uh, how they get up to the next level. I mean, they're as good as there is in the country at that. And uh, UCLA has uh, you know, got some similarities in the run game, but a little more. Uh, they'll give you a few more looks than, than what uh, Oregon State will. Any of the injuries that were sustained Saturday, are they serious or season-ending? Don't know for certain. We're still evaluating that. And in fact, what time is it noon? We should know by this afternoon a lot more. How, how do you teach physicality? I mean, obviously, like that's not been a thing that you have to worry about necessarily in this program. But you said you want to be more physical. Where, where do you go from that? Well, you, you recruit it, first of all. That's the number one thing is you recruit physicality. And, and like I said, we've got some, some young front guys that aren't quite yet as big and strong as they're going to be, they're going to be really good. we got a lot of confidence in them going forward. But right now, uh, you know, we don't have the 315-pound Lecky Fotus and guys we've had in the middle. They're, you know, 295, 290-ish. But, but uh, again, they'll get bigger and better as uh, time goes on. There you go, Coach Whittingham. And, Brian, the two things I want to touch on on this, he, he believes his team will get more physical, and that's a good sign because I think they got out-physicaled by Oregon State. And you, you, you need to be more physical because we know all know that UCLA, for all of the hype that they're a spread finesse team, no, this is a power run team. That's what Chip Kelly's M.O. is. He wants to run the football. But also... Interesting to hear Coach Whittingham talk about the Devin Lloyd ejection and say he doesn't agree with it. Uh, I'm going to back Coach Whittingham up on this. I don't think, and I think you agree with this, Brian, you should not be ejecting young men from these football games. They're far too little playing time for them out there. Why would you take away a second half and then the first half of a following game from a guy? It's the most severe penalty in football, and I understand the reasoning for it. There was a time when concussions were such a hot-button issue, uh, mostly because people who don't care about football suddenly decided to care about football. Mm -hmm. And those of us who were in the game, around the game, played the game, understood that uh, you know there was progress being made with concussions, and, and suddenly everybody had to uh, put in their two cents. And I think that's more indicative of of really the, where this rule came from is is that people felt pressure and uh, the NCAA felt the need to protect themselves from liability and mm -hmm. so they instituted a really oh I think initially the rule was fine but a a rule that's continually been adjusted and caused more problem than it's than it's worth and you know I I don't I don't you know. Oregon State got a targeting penalty, and I don't think there's any argument that it was targeting there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the way the rule is written, it was targeting on, yeah. on Devin Lloyd. I don't know if he could have done anything better. And that's the issue, is that if you can interpret that every single play is to one 
way or another a form of targeting because the way the rule is written it's leading with the helmet it's ducking the helmet it's hitting with the crown of the helmet you know and and we've seen it pointed out on numerous occasions running backs being able to dip their helmets so is that targeting uh you know because technically they are in in a way defenseless right Mm -hmm. especially if they're in the grasp I just don't know how you can put such a hefty, hefty penalty and such a weighty, weighty penalty on such a uh, integral part of the game. The way you're taught to tackle is to lead with your head. Now you're supposed to move the head to the side or or use the angle, you know, of your shoulder. We we used to call it the triangle. Yep. Um, I just, you know, there's maybe the more disappointing part about it is that we've muted coaches so much with the fines and everything like that to where they cannot criticize officiating and and i understand why because it's gotten out of control but there needs to be more outspeak about this because it's just a rule that's damaging things i mean nobody wanted to see devin lloyd sit down except for oregon state fans right yeah there's no doubt about that so it's just disappointing but Maybe one day they'll fix it, but I'm not holding my breath on it. I can tell you that much about that. But coming up here in just a moment, let you hear more from Coach Whittingham as we do here on Tuesdays. More of his comments. We'll react to more of them. But, Brian, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. This is a really cool company and a really cool concept, and it's daily fantasy made easy, and they mean it sincerely. They offer more college football props than anybody else in the world and they offer all the star players of the power five as well as the mid-major players you may not have ever heard of and the best part is they offer any prop you can think of out there under the sun and your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it truly is that simple simple it gives you an opportunity that other daily fantasy games don't give you it's an opportunity to learn to craft a a custom uh, system, if you will, it gives the creative thinkers out there a better opportunity because you're just playing against the numbers. You're not playing against some expert sitting in a Vegas sports book or some overseas computer genius who's running 16 different computers to try and win this thing. It's just you and the numbers going head to head. You can choose anywhere from two to five players. You can mix and match G5, P5. They've got it all. Like I said, my lock every single week, Carson Strong from Nevada. It's a, it's a it's a haymaker, Jake. You know, maybe this week you're looking at the University of Utah and thinking, okay, well, maybe Cam Rising's the pick, and, and maybe you're right. Who knows? Uh, but that's the great part about prize picks is that you can do whatever you want to do and still win. Yep, they do a great job with it. So check it out, my friends. You can go to prizepicks.com or download their award-winning app in your own app store. Also, right now, when you make your first deposit and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. So give it a shot. That's our friends over at Prize Picks. They are daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to, store, to stock excuse me, all the parts that your car will need. Why would you endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning about your vehicle when they, while the guy behind the counter orders parts from his computer? Because, Brian, we all have a computer literally in our pocket, our smartphones. You can direct it to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your vehicle that are right there for you. That's why we love it, Jake. You don't have to go to some tiny shop on the corner somewhere and deal with somebody who doesn't want to be there. You don't have to judge their knowledge of the book. You use the book yourself, and you go find what you need. 
That's why rockauto.com has worked so so well for so long, over 20 years, owned by the same family. They developed this thing, refined it, built it so that it's easy to navigate, easy to find those parts, and you just go get what you need, get out, and get it installed. It's brilliant. Yeah. You would think that more people would want to do this. <laughs> it's a fantastic resource. There is no doubt about that. So get to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms out there. And without further ado, let's get back into it. Here is part two of Kyle Whittingham speaking to the media during his Monday press availability. There's quite a bit of the quarterback run game for you guys. Are you yeah, I wouldn't say there was more quarterback run game. He pulled it down a few more times. There wasn't any more designed runs than we've had in the past. But you're 100% accurate. He took some hits, and that's you know that's a learning process. And I'm we're comfortable with with uh, Cam running the ball because he gives us so much when he does. But he's got to be much more use better judgment at the end of the runs and, and take some of those hits off himself by stepping out of bounds, sliding, whatever the case may be, because he's so competitive and such a I mean, he wants to win uh, as bad as anybody I've ever been around and, and wants to do anything he can to help. And at times he has put himself in some situations where, you know, you're just hoping he gets up because uh, there's some pretty good hits. And so hopefully going forward, we see him continue to add that 40 to 75 yard ish range of runs or of yardage in the run game, but not take the, uh, the hit at the end of the play, be, able, be smarter and be able to uh, avoid that. Following up on that with, Cameron Rising's decision to pull it, to tuck it and run. Mm-hmm. They picked up some, some first down, some good yardage. Oh, yeah. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the decision-making in terms of tucking it and run. I thought he did a great job with that. And, and when when the you know things were not there and things were covered up, I, I don't think he prematurely pulled it down. I think he I think he made good decisions each time. And uh, that's, uh, you know, that what he brings to the table in the run game is, is part of what makes him so effective. He's in the top 10 in the nation in QBR. I think he's number eight. He was number five last week, and and that's your best barometer of how a quarterback is playing, because it takes into account everything: how often he's getting sacked, how many yards he's gaining rushing the football, how well he's throwing the football. All that is is packaged into that uh, rating, and he's is you know he's playing really well. Uh, with Devin out for the first half on Saturday, how do you balance the rest and practice, knowing that he's not playing for two Yeah, that's that's another good question, and and we uh, will have to have a, a guy ready for the first half that will take his reps and and we'll just have to split those up and divide them kind of 50 50 you know with what devin gets and what what the the replacement kid will get and so that's uh, going to be a juggling act but uh, you know devin is a, a very experienced accomplished guy he doesn't need a ton of reps and so we'll probably err on giving the 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 backup uh, or the guy that's going to start in place of him more reps only one game, but the special teams have been kind of close to getting kicked, blocked. Yeah. Where, where do you go from here now with, with the... Yeah, well, first of all, the the uh, first block was you got it out in 184, which is really fast. It was a, it was a protection breakdown. It wasn't uh, the punter mechanics. It was just slow. Now, the second one, which fortunately didn't count because that would have been even more disastrous uh, at that point in the game. Uh, 
it was get too close to the shield. That was a, a, an error with the punter getting too close to the shield. And the kick came out really low trajectory. I don't know if you saw it in slow motion, but but very low trajectory. And so that was uh, more on the punter. But but uh, you know people have been testing us. You know, and particularly in the last game when we have a new snapper because uh, our snapper's gone for the season. So so they're going to test you out. But but it wasn't a snapping issue. The snapper played just fine in the game on Saturday and did a great job with his. Uh, place kicking snaps as well as short snaps but uh, that was a uh, is a concern and we've got to shore that up this week could you evaluate uh, the contributions that uh, theo howard has made the program theo's uh done a nice job for us uh maybe caught not hasn't cut as many balls as maybe we projected at least not yet uh had to leave the game with an injury on saturday uh, one of those injuries that were we talked about that we won't know uh, for certain whether he's uh, going to be able to go or not for, for uh, a, a day or two. But uh, Theo's a, a guy that works hard. He's a great teammate, always uh, has a great attitude, and, and uh, really enjoy having him on our team. In a general sense, um, do you worry about the emotional toll on the players moving forward here with this season in light of what's happened? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's always that's that's something that we're continuing to to work through, and and uh, like I said before, we'll get through it. We won't get over it, but we will get, at some point get through it completely. Um, but it's uh, it's a challenge. Everything's a challenge. I mean, everything is. Uh, I get I worry about everything, and that's one of the things that uh, has been uh, certainly hard on our team is is uh, working through that. If that answers that. What was your biggest takeaway from the game against Oregon State for your team just as a whole? What, what was your takeaway? Uh, I would say the takeaway is we got a bunch of competitive guys that have no quit in them. I would say the offense is starting to find a rhythm. Knock on wood, you know, hopefully that continues. We That's two games over 450 yards of offense and a bunch of first downs and a bunch of points and taking care of the football. And so hopefully we're starting to uh, discover and, and, and be who we who we uh, envisioned we could be early in the season or in the in fall camp. Uh, defensively, inconsistent throughout the year. Uh, more good than bad, but some games that we just, that's not us, you know, games that we just, it's not our, it's not our uh, uh, usual uh, defensive output. And the special teams has been, as we mentioned, uh, had some real uh, bad moments. You know, there's some bright spots too with Covey in the return game. They were as good as there is in the country in punt return, but as good as we are there, we're that bad in some other areas. If your defense isn't able to kind of beat to the standard that you've had, do you feel, do you feel confident in your offense in the, in, the, in the sense that maybe you could win games in the shootouts and, and traditionally you kind of grind it out a little bit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and uh, I think our defense is going to be. Fine in the long run, you know. I'm not. I'm talking beyond this year. Again, we're you keep going back to it. But when you got seven or eight, nine, ten freshmen that are playing considerable, there's going to be some. You're going to take some lumps. There's just no way around it. You can't. You can't not have that happen. Is our offense ready to win a game? 51-48. We're getting closer, you know. But hopefully it doesn't come to that. But but uh, we're we're uh, certainly not where we need to be on defense right now. Uh, athleticism and speed. They got they got talented guys. Uh, they got a good defensive tackle. 96, I think, is his number. 91, 96. Big, strong kid in the middle. Um, 
they're very sound, you know, quarters coverage is their base coverage. Uh, then you get into uh, longer yardage and they'll mix in some zone pressure and some split safety look uh, or some, some other looks other than quarters in the back end. But uh, it, I would say it's just their overall uh, athletes, a lot like Arizona State, very athletic at each level. Do they do anything specifically that will make you change what you do? Obviously, maybe USC went 3-3-5 a little bit, but uh, UCLA seems to be more. Do, defensively for us, yeah. uh, I don't think there's going to be wholesale changes defensively. We just got to be – and the things that really hurt us against Oregon State was not schematics. It was physically getting beat at the point of attack, getting blocked, not coming off a block, popping out of a gap. And so it wasn't like we were, we were uh, just getting – you know, mental mistakes everywhere needed a different scheme. We just need to play more sound up front in the front seven. And we also gave up some, some big plays down the field. You know, we had plays that, that uh, you know, too many big plays uh, in the throw game against uh, Oregon State, but, but it was the run game that did us in. There you go, part two of Kyle Whittingham. And, Brian, interesting to hear him address the fact that his offense, uh, well, the question was essentially, if your defense is underperforming, is this offense under Cam Rising capable of going out there and essentially winning the game in a shootout? And we all know that Kyle Whittingham, that's not his preferred style of football game. We all we all know that. But interesting to hear him talk about it nonetheless. He's been open to the idea more and more, I think, that offense has to win you football games. I don't think he prefers it. And I think we kind of saw that to start the year, that they wanted to be very basic. They wanted to be very fundamental and win games that way. And uh, that's really just not how this team is built to win right now. He did mention as well that this defense is young and you're going to have to live with a lot of those mistakes. And he's not wrong. Uh, we're seeing guys like Zamaya Vaughn stepping in and starting in games where he's never started before. Fabian Marks has had to start and, and done a fairly admirable job for a true freshman at the corner position clark phillips oh another true freshman uh by the COVID rules it, it had to move into nickel and that's not a common position for clark so he probably was a little bit rusty um but overall they did pretty well uh you know some some mistakes and some mishaps here yeah you know brandon mckinney made a, a lapse in in coverage one time so it's not just the young guys it's across the board and and so you have to understand that when the defense is still young and inexperienced like it is, the offense is going to have to win you some games. And, uh, you know, I think the offense was really close to doing that against Oregon State, to be honest with you. It seemed like they, they had their moments. There's no doubt about that. But just interesting to hear Kyle Whittingham hit on that. Uh, well, of Let course, me ask you this, oh, Jake. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Do you think he's telling the truth or do you think he's just uh, giving that answer? Yeah, okay. I actually, okay, I'm with you in the fact that Kyle, I think, has become more and more open to the, to the realization that he needs to adapt and embrace that offenses are what win football games in this modern age. If a guy like Nick Saban, who might be the most like Kyle Whittingham defensive-minded guy out there, there might be other guys out there, but Saban comes to mind, this was a guy who predicated his early success at Alabama on defense and then realized, you know what? My defenses aren't going to win it anymore. And they went all in on spread offense, high-flying spread attack, high-powered quarterback, all that stuff. And that's revolutionized how he's gone about winning in kind of the last five to six years of his run at Alabama. I think Kyle Whittingham is getting more and more on board with it. So I actually, 
I kind of, I kind of, I buy what he's saying. I, I do. I don't think it's necessarily coach speak here. Kyle Whittingham is the king of coach speak, but I, I think he's actually onto something with this. I do too, and I think what he's shown over the years is consistency with believing the analytics and what the analytics yeah. have to say. And you can't argue against w- what needs to happen on the field, and that's scoring. Uh, defense has changed. It's not about getting stops. It's about getting turnovers, right, and, and getting the ball back to your offense and limiting uh, the, the amount of time that an offense can run plays to try and wear you down mm-hmm. so that you can get stops when you need them. Uh, I think Utah's done that for the most part. I think – it didn't happen the way that they wanted it to against Oregon State. You know, we've we've talked about that ad nauseum, but uh, it, it's this is a new era of football where if you have two minutes on the clock, that's almost two possessions for both teams. You know what I mean? True story. So very interesting, but uh, we'll continue to keep you updated throughout the week with audio from Utah football availability. Uh, very interesting quote from Britton Covey that I wish I had in my possession, but maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. I think that was a fun quote because we are way over time on today's show. We'll touch on that. We do need to touch, though, on an update with regards to the NFL draft cycle and how it involves Devin Lloyd. We'll touch on that in just a moment. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Sweatblock. Brian, you and I have both tried this product in the cool thing about this is it's it's meant for anybody out there. We've actually heard from some locked on listeners including high, a high school teacher who actually was taking a second shirt to school to change into because he was pitting out during the season. A Hollywood producer working down in Georgia. 18 hour days in Atlanta heat. We all know how awful that can be. And even a soccer player, well he decided I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, he tried it and the next practice his pits were completely dry while everything else was wet after a practice. This is an absolutely incredible incredible product i would encourage everybody to give a shot i would too jake i'm a sweaty guy by nature i'm not afraid to admit that but this is a life-changing product in that respect and it's not just for your armpits if you're somebody like me uh that gets a little damp down south use your sweat block they have that lotion that i i rave about all the time i I tell you what the undercarriage for the brown bear mobile has never been cleaner never been fresher never been more well oiled and moisturized uh, and if that's a little TMI, here's the answer. Just go to Sweatblock, use the promo code there, get yourself some of the product, and, and join the revolution that is not being sweaty all the time. As Brian said, 20% off at Sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Sweatblock is also available at Amazon or your local CVS pharmacy. But if you want to get 20% off, get to Sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On. That is Sweatblock. All right, before we go here on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Cougars, Brian, you found this, but the uh, Draft Network out there, one of the premier sites when it comes to covering the NFL draft, well, apparently they think Devin Lloyd is a back half of the first round, a number 21 overall pick. But where they have him landing is the interesting part to me. That is the Tennessee Titans. It is interesting because Lloyd really fits in well with that defense and with Mike Vrabel, the head coach, who who I think is likely on the hunt to find some defenders that play tough, physical, uh, versatile defense. When Vrabel played, I think that was his M.O. We've seen it in the defenses that he's coached as a coordinator. It's odd that the Tennessee Titans defense hasn't followed suit, but some of it likely is personnel, and it makes sense. You know, Lloyd can do a variety of things for that defense. He can rush the passer. He's a great run stuffer. Like I said, very versatile, uh, plays well in coverage. And so it makes sense that that they would draft him there. The one question I have is, is I don't know if he gets 
all the way to 21. Yeah. Um, that'll be the interesting thing to kind of figure out. Uh, you know, it, it he is the highest rated linebacker in the, uh, well, Darian Kennard from Kentucky at number 12 to the Jets uh, and Kenyon Green from Texas A&M at number 10 to the Giants. Uh, but other than that, um, for interior uh, uh, linebackers. Well, that's the thing about this, Brian, is... Oh, that, excuse me. That's not not true at all. Those are interior offensive linemen. You no, know, it's the offensive linemen there, if I'm not mistaken. But the thing about this, Brian, is we all know how volatile the NFL draft cycle can be. You can show up to one of the... Uh, so let's say... In the case of Devin Lloyd, he's likely going to the Reese's Peanut Butter all uh, the senior game, senior bowl. Excuse me, not the senior game, the senior bowl. Well, you show well there, you're going to rocket up draft boards. We all know how volatile that NFL draft cycle can be and how important it is. I think you're going to see Devin Lloyd impress a lot of folks, and you're going to see him move up even more than he already has once he actually starts uh, working out for folks in his quote unquote underwear, as Kyle Whittingham likes to call it. That'll be the big thing. It says here that Lloyd brings a much larger film resume of consistency to the table compared to uh, some of the others and has playmaking upside on every down. Mm -hmm. I think what he'll really wow scouts with is his athletic ability, uh, as you mentioned, and just the numbers that he's going to put up uh, at his pro day and, and wherever else he has to go work out at. I think the the senior bowl is going to be an absolute uh, catapult for him as long as he's able to perform there healthily. Uh, he may not even need to participate that much to showcase really how good he is. Um, but the thing about Lloyd, I think, is he'll be freed to play a little bit more uh, aggressively once he leaves the University of Utah here. They, they put the lid on those guys a little bit, uh, just you know, not trying to take too many risks. It's conservative defense, not saying that they don't pressure and do things like that. They do. Um, but he'll have that freedom to roam a little bit, and he'll have some more experienced uh, uh, players to either side of him too. That'll help. Well, and the one thing is de the Titans' defensive line—he will thrive behind them. They got a lot of big bodies up there on that D line there in Tennessee. So that's the one good thing if you're a guy like Devin Lloyd looking at your potential, potential draft prospects. If it comes to going to a place like Tennessee. Wouldn't be a bad landing spot, no doubt about that. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Brian, any final thoughts from you before we call it a day? Make sure you know that Devin Lloyd's the first linebacker being taken on the board before trying to insinuate that maybe he's not. Also, IOL stands for Interior Offensive Lineman. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, we've all been there, Brian, so don't, don't, don't fret it too much. We all know that our listeners absolutely love you, so uh, thank you for that, and thank you for your support of the podcast. As always, everybody, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to get over to Locked On Pac-12, get caught up on everything going on in the Pac-12 with Cindy Robinson in 30 minutes or less. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms out there, so check that out as we wrap things up here make sure to follow the show on social media at locked on utes and feel free to email us anytime locked on utes at gmail.com is the email address until next time this has been the locked on utes podcast for october 26th 2021 and we'll catch you guys tomorrow